The Sports Pan lives here on ESPN-UP, online with our app, Tanner Hoops, with you in studio Wednesday afternoon. Delighted to have you along board. John Michael Hofling of ABC10 in studio with me. What's up, Mike? How's it, how you been feeling, man? I've been feeling, you know, we, we were hanging out this past weekend, and you know how I was feeling then, So, but I'm feeling better. I'm better, not 100% yet, but I am good enough to be on this show. I'm always good enough to be on this show for you, man. You know who else is feeling better? Dallas Cowboy fans, because Ezekiel yep. Elliott just got paid he is now with the team for eight more years. It was a six-year extension that makes him the highest-paid running back in football, but he already has two years left on his contract, so he's locked up for the next eight years. He'll be in his 30s, and even if something happens, I don't wish anything bad on Zeke, God forbid, then he's pretty well taken care of for the rest of his life. Yeah, and uh, this day and age, running back shelf life past 30, it's not much, right? <clears throat> LaShawn McCoy turned 30, boom. All of a sudden, he's nothing, right? So... They're hoping Zeke is, but I, I don't know, man. doesn't look like that's ever the case anymore. Ezekiel Elliott, congratulations to all you fantasy owners who took a chance, including myself last night. And myself from yes. two weeks ago. There you go. Yeah. Not in our league, though. No. Not in the same league that we're both in, but in our own respective league. I'm in like four this year. What about you? I'm in two, possibly three. There might be a draft today. My friend from Chapman was trying to get a Chapman league together and said if we had one, we would draft today. What did you get Zeke at? Like, what spot were you able to get Zeke and feel okay. comfortable to take a chance? Okay, no. So, the, here's what happened, all right? You sent me the address to the place we were drafting at, but it was like... Two oh, it's minutes, that league. Yeah, that league. It was like two minutes away from the spot where we were actually <laughs> drafting at. I know this story. And then, and then I showed up to the draft with the fourth overall pick. I showed up like five minutes late, and I auto-picked Zeke. I would not have picked him at four. <laughs> I would have gone Nick Chubb or James Conner or David Johnson, something like that. Hey, but you're welcome. No, yeah. This now, works now, out now, even now, now I feel good. I will say, in our ABC 10 league, Tyree Smith, who uh, he can't be here with us today, but he got Zeke in the fourth round, so mm. he's looking really good. I got Melvin Gordon in the eighth in that round. Uh, yeah, that's or true. That draft, but I, I think say. I think Gordon, I don't know, man. Gordon's tweeted a lot of stuff that's like questionable. Apparently he's, he's said something like that hints that he's never going to play for the Chargers again. I hope he gets traded. I just hope they trade him at this point. Where do you want him to go? I don't care, just as long as he's playing in fantasy. (laughs) That's true. But not. I I hope he gets traded, too, because I have Austin Eckler in every single one of my leagues. Oh, there you go. Yeah. You went all in on Austin Eckler. Yeah, he's legit, man. He's so efficient. Kind of like what I did with Will Fuller V. Yeah, yeah, you you are very high (laughs) on I like Will Will Fuller Fuller. V. I know. Well, he's top 15 when he's healthy, but He will give you four weeks of multi-touchdown games, like 200 yards or Mm -hmm. something, and then he'll tear his ACL week five. And but but you know what he was he was as good as he could be for those four weeks exactly yeah like he could be a perennial Pro Bowler if he was healthy throughout the entire season if he and Deshaun Watson are healthy boom perennial Pro Bowler now they've got Kiki Kotri Kenny Stills yeah it's a pretty good receiving group if their quarterback stays healthy yep. And DeAndre Hopkins anchoring it all down. DeAndre Hopkins, maybe the top receiver in football. Who needs a tight end? Who is their tight end now? Is it still C.J. Fedorovich? Fedorowitz, I think so. I can't say for certain. Don't quote me on that. I can't say that for certain either. Who's another Iowa guy? Really? C.J. Fedorowitz. Dude, what is it with Iowa and tight ends? They produce some pretty good tight ends. Yeah. You you tried to get... uh, You passed on Kittle. In our, in our one league. I wanted Kelsey. Yeah, he got Kelsey, guys. Well, the thing is, I got Kittle in one draft, so then I got Kelsey in another. That way I'm covered. 
Yeah, well, like, let's not sell you short. You did still pick up a Iowa tight end in that draft. The very <laughs> last pick, you got Noah Fant. So. Maybe it'll be like what Kittle was last maybe, year. No one maybe, saw that coming. Maybe. I think TJ Hawkinson's probably a little more likely, but mm-hmm. that's another Iowa guy. Like, yeah. Fant and Hawkinson were teammates last year. Like, that's crazy in college football. And Iowa still was like only 8-5. and five. Well, you know. Hawkinson was mainly a blocker, I feel like. They didn't really utilize him as a passer. They should have. Yeah, they should have. They really should have because I said all along he was better than Fant. I think he's a, he's definitely more of a tight end build. I think Fant is more of a receiver. Like, he's more a receiver style. He's a little bit faster than Hawkinson, but not as big. Mm-hmm. But Hawkinson, I think, just outmatches everybody. Nobody's going to be able to guard Hawk. Well, I tell you what, getting back to the Zeke deal, it is worth six years, $90 million on his extension. Bless you. Uh, that was a cough, not a sneeze. <laughs> well, either way, I hope you feel better. Thanks, man. Um, but I tell you what, Ezekiel Elliott and the Cowboys do come to an agreement, so Zeke isn't officially set to play week one. We all know he's going to. Yeah. I mean, he's going to play They someday. straight up said he's expected to get 20 to 25 carries in he week should. one. No yeah, he reason. should. Jerry Jones just paid $90 million for him. There's no well, way he's going to sit say, him on the show. I will say, they are playing the Giants. Like, do they really need him for this week one matchup? I think they do. Really? Because yeah. I said yesterday before Zeke signed that I thought the Giants can win that game. No way. Yes. The Cowboys are still a better team. Think about the way their offseasons have trended. Okay, so the Cowboys... The Cowboys went down without Ezekiel Elliott, right? Mm-hmm. The Giants just stayed neutral. No, they've gotten better this offseason. They've they, had a really good offseason. Who'd they add, like, other than Golden Tate? Eli Manning is playing inspired oh, football right wow, now. wow, all right, yeah. Eli Manning is playing Dude, well, inspired I, I'll football. I'll never understand why you're so high on Eli Manning at you this You won point. two Super Bowls. So, so what? But, like, even at what point do you start to recognize that maybe he's just not good enough? Like, even Peyton Manning. They sat Peyton Manning for Brock Osweiler at some point. Mm-hmm. What is, at what point is at what point for Eli Manning would be your Brock Osweiler moment? When Daniel Jones starts outperforming him in real football. Okay. We don't know, but if that's the thing yet. But we do know that there's a fire under Eli for the first time ever, and he's playing like it. Well, he got benched last year. You know, you, I would have thought there would have been a fire under him at that point. Or that was Ben ago. McAdoo, two, two and ago. everyone was on Eli's side for that. Nobody's on his side anymore, so you and still, he knows it. So you still thought there was no fire under him for that? No. Really? Okay. Because it was an unjustified benching, and the public felt that way as well. The only person who thought that was right was Ben McAdoo. I don't even think Geno Smith thought it was right <laughs> to start over Eli Manning. You're probably right about that one. But I tell you what, Saquon Barkley is on the same tier as Ezekiel Elliott. Those he are is. the only two yeah. running backs that are up there. The Giants have been trending in the positive direction. The Cowboys have had all their focus on Ezekiel Elliott this offseason. Their owner is playing mind games, giving Lel Collins and Jalen Smith extensions. Dak Prescott wants an extension. Amari Cooper wants one, but he hasn't said it publicly yet. There's been a lot of distraction for the Cowboys. I wouldn't be shocked. Now I would, now that Zeke's back. But I wouldn't be shocked, hadn't yesterday I should say, if the Giants won that game. I would have been shocked still. I, just, I still just don't think on the talent level, it's still the best, well, the second best offensive line in football. Yeah, but the most talented team doesn't always win. No, and the I mean, Giants have usually been a problem for the Cowboys. They played them well over the past few years, even though New York's been down. Even still. Even still, the Cowboys are just way more talented. They are better coached, in my opinion. I do like Pat Shermer, but I think that Jason Garrett is a better regular season coach, at least. Mm, 
I don't know about that. I don't know many people would agree with you on that. Uh, Jason Garrett's on the hot seat this year, but that's been mainly because of his lack of playoff success. But in terms of regular season success, the Cowboys have stayed relevant and whatnot, and a little bit of that has to do with the brand that the Cowboys have built. But also it's just he was able to build Tony Romo. He was able to build Dak Prescott into... I don't think those are brags. Well, Tony Romo was good. Both both of them are good. They're just not uh, playoff Super Bowl caliber quarterbacks. I don't know that they're necessarily regular season good year to year though. Fourteen and two, man. That was one year. That was one year. Well, it was thirteen and three. 13, oh, thirteen and three. And well, he's made the playoffs two times in three years. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Yeah, but he hasn't done anything. Exactly. That that's why Jason Garrett's on the hot seat though. But how many times before that during his tenure have they made the playoffs? Oh, a bunch with Tony Romo. But Tony Romo, but to, I, I wouldn't Tony say Romo, a bunch. But to, but, well, en- enough. <laughs> it was like an Andy Dalton, Marvin Lewis situation, but like less so. I think Jason Garrett is better than Marvin Lewis. It seems like though that the Cowboys every year they do get into the playoffs, except maybe last year and two years ago, they go eight and eight, nine and seven, something like that. That's not to me dominating up to the Cowboys standard. I mean, you're talking about Super Bowl winning quarterback Eli Manning. When he won both Super Bowls, what were his records those years? Nine and seven and nine and seven. Yeah, but then they got the job done in the playoffs. Yeah, so that's but that's the thing. Eli Manning has that clutch factor that Tony Romo and Dak Prescott just don't seem to have right now. I would agree with that, but I also think he got to attribute some of that to Jason. I, Garrett. I do. I do attribute a lot of it to Jason Garrett, which is why I think he's on the hot seat. But to say he's not a good coach, despite making the playoffs several times over the tenure of Tony Romo and now Dak Prescott, I still think he's a solid regular season quarterback. He just doesn't have that playoff win total that you'd like to see out of a head coach. I can see your point, but I don't think they're going to get back to uh, winning the division this year. No, I, I I would agree with that. Philadelphia is just too good. Philadelphia is going to win that division still. I have New York getting third and then Washington in that division. Hey, if Washington had Alex Smith, watch out. Mm, Dan Snyder would find a way to ruin that too. <laughs> I hope you I hope you would be wrong with that. But, hey, they were 6-4 and four before he went down. So I did my predictions for each division yesterday in the show. I want to get your thoughts on quickly. The South and the AFC was really tough for me, but I did decide to go with Houston over Jacksonville. Yeah, we we were talking a little bit about this too, but mm-hmm. um, Houston, I, you're a little higher on Jacksonville than I am mm-hmm. because you like Nick Foles a lot more than I do. I don't like him a lot, but I like him better than Blake Bortles, and I think that will be good enough for Jacksonville to make them an AFC South contender. I think that the health of Leonard Fournette should be a bigger concern in that regard. Because I agree. Nick, I agree, but I think he'll stay healthy. Really? He hasn't shown he can do so. Would you say that you, you do you feel comfortable in Dalvin Cook? Because I think Leonard Fournette is on that same par in terms of liability. I don't know health. if he's that far. I don't feel comfortable in Dalvin Cook, but I wouldn't put him on the same tier as Leonard Fournette as far as injury. Where, where, what kind of tier would you put him on then? Will, put him will, will above. No, um, no, no, no one should be on that far. <laughs> <laughs> Leonard Fournette is the key to that team's success. I think it has been an offseason full of learning, growth for Leonard Fournette. I think there's a mental aspect to this as well. And I think that he's overcome a lot of his personal differences with Tom Coughlin in the front office. I think that's going to translate to better success on the field. I would like to think he can stay healthy. I do believe he will, and I think Jacksonville is going to be set for a good year behind him in that defense. They could be, and I really do want to see Jacksonville win, but I still think this is Houston's division to Mm -hmm. lose. Right, and uh, after that, Tennessee or Indy, I mean, it's a toss-up. Well, Tennessee is, they're surprising. I know, that's why I went with them. Yeah, Tennessee, uh, I don't know, I've, I've told you this like five times, but I don't think I've said it on your show before, but Tennessee is like currently fourth. 
in terms of active seasons, but nobody know, nobody knows it. Nobody knows that because they go like nine and nine seven, and seven every year. I think they went ten and six one year and whatnot, but they always go nine and seven, ten and six, and they're always in the hunt for a, for a wild card. Mm-hmm. Even though they didn't make the playoffs last year, they made it two years ago, won a playoff game, then fired their head coach, which is ridiculous. But they're going to surprise some people. I wouldn't be surprised if they finish ahead of Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. But then again, I wouldn't be surprised if Jacksonville finishes ahead of them. That's the most wide-open division other than Indianapolis, uh, I think, in in the NFL. I went with the West to the NFC West. I went with Seattle over LA, Yeah. followed by San Fran and Arizona. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Well, well except I, I have LA in front. But In the South... I picked New Orleans, not yep. only to win the South, but to win the NFC this year. Yep. I think they're going to win 14 way, games man. this year. Oh, I do. I really? think they're going to win 14 games. We don't even know if Alvin Kamara can handle a full workload. We're going to find out. Yeah, we, yeah, we are. <laughs> Adding Jared Cook was huge for them this offseason. Like, I really like that. I, when was a lot like, okay, no, I will say Drew Brees does use his tight ends. Like, uh, Jimmy uh, Graham was phenomenal. Last year with Derek Carr, Cook was fourth in the NFL in tight end receiving yards. Yeah, he was good, but like that's just a one-year wonder. Like, How much can we look into that? That's his one year to fame. I would think that he can get better with Drew Brees. I think he can reach a higher level. I don't know if Cook's a one-hit wonder, though. I don't know he, if I'd say it's, that. it's just a lot of question mark. Like Benjamin Watson didn't do anything last year, right? Uh, what, what's his name? Josh Hill was supposed to be something great, but never turned into anything in the Saints' offense. Mm-hmm. So it's just looking at all these guys. Yeah, you have the best tight end since Jimmy Graham on that team, but it's it's a question of whether or not he's going to be used. But they didn't get worse by adding Jared Cook. No, they did not. I think he's going to add something, and he doesn't have to be the number one option on that team. He's definitely not going to be in general. It's, when you have Kamara, Michael Thomas, yeah. and Jared Cook, you spread the wealth like that? And what? even Ted Ginn. Ted Ginn, okay. Ted Ginn. Taysom Hill? Yeah, Taysom Hill, too. <laughs> like, all of them are legitimate threats, I think. I still think Ted Ginn's a threat. Like, as long as he's got that speed, insane. I think I drafted Jared Cook with my fourth overall pick last night. I went Zeke fourth at number... Fourth round pick? Fourth round pick. Okay. My fourth overall pick. Okay, okay, okay. I went Zeke at number six overall, and then I got James Conner, and Pat Mahomes was still there when I picked again oh the third round. Oh, my gosh. I was doing a draft for a friend last night, and uh, Travis Kelsey was available in the third. <laughs> and I, oh, juicy, right? Did you pass? No. What? What would I have passed? I would have passed. You would have. You would have passed. Every man for himself. No, 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 no. So, so I'm not in this league. Oh, this guy just calls okay. me. He's, he's not a football fan. He just goes, Michael, help me out. <laughs> I'm in this league with my work. It's a twenty dollar buy-in. I want to win that cash. I was like, I got you, man. Apparently no one else in that league is football fans. If Travis Kelsey was still there in the third round. I know, man. I don't get it, man. He had a middle round pick. Like, like he had the fifth overall pick. So he was there middle of the third round. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have left him out it, there it was a, It was a steal. It was, uh, I got Le'Veon Bell in first round, who, you know, I don't think he's going to be as good, but he's going to get his touches, right? Mm-hmm. Le'Veon Bell followed by Tyreek Hill. I got in the second round. Okay. Then Travis Kelsey. All right. I like that group. Solid, right? I like it. Yeah. Tanner Hoops, John Michael Hoefling with you. Let's take a timeout when we come back. One more day till the NFL season kicks off. Woohoo! We'll talk about it next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, John Michael Hoefling with you. Glad that you're along with us this Wednesday afternoon. 
little over 24 hours to we're kicking off the NFL season. Football is almost fully back. We had high school, we had college, and now the pros right around the corner. Mm, still feels unreal. Isn't this amazing? I love I this know. time of the year. I know. It's great, man. I can't wait. Bears-Packers tomorrow night. Who are you taking in that one? Bears. You know what? I think the Bears are going to have a better season. But I kind of want to pick the Packers in this game. Like, part of me wants to pick the Packers. One, because of what Aaron Rodgers was able to do last year Mm -hmm. in this same sort of setting. But this time it's in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Just keep that in mind. And also, the Bears are hungry, man. I think Trubisky in another year under Nagy is going to be better. I think Allen Robinson is a little more healthy. I think David Montgomery is an upgrade over Jordan Howard. I'm excited to see him. Yeah, yeah. Well, Matt Nagy said just today, he was like, they're still pinching themselves over getting this rookie. Mm -hmm. It's going to be great. And I still think Taylor Gabriel is a solid wide receiver, too. He is. He is. I'm excited to see him. I'm excited to see what the Chicago defense looks like. New coordinator, Chuck Pagano, but the real core of that defense is still there. We're at number 52 mm-hmm. in that Navy jersey tomorrow night. But I tell you what, I don't know if their defense is going to be as prolific as it was last year. That's not to say it, they aren't going to be terrific, like a top well, three defense, but I don't think they'll be as good as last year. Any defense that was so historically good, like that we've seen over the last couple of years, like it was the Niners in 2012, the Seahawks in 2013, the Jacksonville Jaguars two years ago, and now the Chicago Bears last year, none of them ever live up to the hype the very next mm-hmm. season, right? That's true. Yeah. So they're in that same sort of boat where... They were so incredibly epic last season that everybody's on this super hype train for them, right? And yeah, they're going to be good, but they're definitely not going to be, at least statistically, as good as they were last year. The other defense in recent memory I'd add to your list was the 2017 Vikings, and they all did it because they won the turnover battle. They controlled the turnover Mm -hmm. ratio, and that's just so hard to do year in and year out. I can't think of a stellar defense that's done that year to year. Yeah, well, part of that also has to do with like your offense not being able to turn the ball over. But mm-hmm. another year with Mitchell Trubisky, like I imagine he's going to be a little more of a risk taker this year. At least that's what I would try to groom him to be. Mm-hmm. Is take a couple more shots downfield, and that's not going to help your defensive or your turnover ratio in general. I'd agree with that. You need a strong ground game generally to complement a strong defense. Mm-hmm. David Montgomery is going to be a strong ground game. Mm-hmm. Like, And I, I think they should use Tariq Cohen more, but right. it doesn't seem like they're going to. And even if, they, even if David Montgomery doesn't pan out, I think Mike Davis is serviceable. Well, I tell you what, when you look at Mitch Trubisky and where he's comparable in the quarterback tier, am I crazy to say that if you gave me my choice, nothing tied to their head coaches, but if I had their choice, just these two quarterbacks to have with a generic coach, that I would pick Mitch Trubisky over Jared Goff? I don't think that's crazy. I Mm -hmm. think it's out there, Yeah, but I wouldn't say it's crazy. Well, like, what's your thought process on that? I think Trubisky's a better quarterback talent-wise than Goff. Goff has better coaching. Not to take anything away from Matt Nagy because he's awfully good himself. So you, but think, McVay. Sean, you think Sean McVay is that good? Yeah. Ooh. I really do. I think Matt Nagy is that good. I don't know if he's as good as Sean McVay. I don't think he's as uh, maybe not as good as Sean McVay, but he's definitely like not too far behind. Well, that's what team. I meant. Don't take anything away from Matt Nagy, but if Sean McVay worked with Mitchell Trubisky, I think they would blow Goff and Nagy out of the water. I'm not sure about that. Yeah. I, th- I think I think well, n- Trubisky has a couple problems. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know how to pass left. Mm-hmm. Like that's his biggest issue. Is he he really can't turn his body to the left uh, as well as he likes, and that was his biggest problem last year. Goff has a bigger arm. Trubisky's a little more mobile, but I think 
I mean, maybe it's just McVay whispering in his ear, but I think Goff reads a little better at the line, too. I can't argue with that fundamentally, but talent-wise, Trubisky just passes the eye test better. What's the talent that you're seeing, though? Like, what, 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 is, what is he doing in your eye, in your mind's eye? What is he doing that's better than Goff? I think he's a better leader. I think he controls an offense better. I think he's a better game manager. A lot of those intangibles that go into making you a franchise quarterback, I see Trubisky is having the edge over Goff. Well, what, what, okay, so you say the intangibles, but there aren't really any negative intangibles in Goff's favor, are there? Clutch factor, maybe. I'm not saying Trubisky he, he doesn't necessarily his, have that. I mean, Todd Gurley and C.J. Anderson and that defense got him to a Super Bowl. I, mean, I don't it, think Jared Goff had anything to do with that. You don't think he, he? I mean, you need a good. You need at least a serviceable quarterback to get to. Yeah, a I'm Super not Bowl. saying he's bad. I'm not I saying mean, he's not serviceable. And, and they beat the Eagles. Who guess who couldn't beat the Eagles? I'm not saying they're not serviceable. By the way, they should have beat the Eagles. They should have. Beat the Eagles. Yeah, they should have. I'm not saying he's not a serviceable or even a good quarterback. But to get paid what he did last night with his extension. I thought that was overpaying. Well, that's just that's just how it is nowadays. You think Kirk Cousins deserved a fully guaranteed contract? Oh, heck contract? no. 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 But that's just how the NFL is moving nowadays. It's just, if you're a serviceable, it's like the same thing in the NBA, where if you're serviceable, like, it's only this way in the NFL for quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. But it's in the NBA entirely, where it's, if you're serviceable, oh, the biggest contract ever. It was smart of the Rams, to their credit, to get this done before... Ezekiel Elliott, for one thing, before Patrick Mahomes next summer gets paid the GDP of a small nation. (laughs) Dak Prescott, he would probably be next, wouldn't you think? Who would be the next quarterback to get a contract like this? Because you probably got to fit it in that window before Mahomes. Did Carson Wentz get his extension already? Yes. Okay, good. Because then I would have said Carson Wentz. Right. But it makes me think Dak Prescott, I don't agree with that. I don't think he deserves that kind of money. No. But it's probably going to be him. It's got to be. Got to be. What what what's your number right now for Mahomes? How much he should get paid? Yeah, how much he should get paid? Annual salary. I'm high on Mahomes. I really am. Do you think he's a like a four year two hundred mil? I think you got to give more than that. Do you think he's like a fifty mil man? Do you think he's a fifty mil man? Yeah, I think yeah. I do. Okay, I think I do. I think I would offer him six years, fifty mil. Wow. I think that's what he's worth right now. I, I, I can't say I disagree with that. Because talent-wise, from what I saw during his freshman season in the NFL, I know it's a one-year sophomore. sample. Sophomore, right. Freshman is a starter. <laughs> thank you. It's like trying to remember the Chargers or the L.A. Chargers now. I know. San Diego. It makes me so upset. Sometimes. Let's just say San Diego from now on. Honestly. It's just so much more liberating to do it. I have a friend from San Diego who all the time gets people telling them that like Chargers uh, San Diego f- never San Diego never really liked the Chargers and he just gets so mad. <laughs> Everybody in that city was so upset when the Chargers left. As they should be. Just go back to San Diego. You're playing in a soccer stadium. I know. It's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. It's got to be an embarrassment for the league and it's an embarrassment for the franchise. Yeah. But I tell you what, from what I did see from Mahomes during his sophomore season in the NFL, I think he could be the greatest quarterback of all time, talent-wise. Could be. I really think he could be. The hype train, I think, is coming off the rails a little bit too much. I think his expectations are just way, way, way too high moving into his third season. Well, he he did set the bar so high for himself. I don't think he's going to get back to 50 touchdowns, 5,000 yards. Do you think he gets to 40? I I think he can get to 40. I have him at 37 this year. That's where I think think he'll sit. I think his interceptions will go down, too, but I I think 37. It's probably about a reasonable benchmark, 37 to 40, something like that. I think he can go over 40. Yeah, I could could see it, too. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm just, that's where I peg him right now for this season. 
He's just fun to watch. He is. I like him. And he's got a great personality, too. He does. His ketchup or whatever he yeah, likes. Yeah, ketchup, his froggy voice. <laughs> I love him, man. I love that about Patrick Mahomes. If I tell you what, one more day until football is back, at least for two teams, and then everybody else will get going this week. By the way, Sunday, ESPN-UP has two NFL football games. A couple of good ones. We've got Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs going up against that Jacksonville defense. How about that to see see what that Jacksonville defense is made of? They play Pat Mahomes on Sunday at noon, and then at 4 o'clock we'll have the Bengals and the Seahawks talk about a revamped defense. Have fun, Andy Dalton. So one of them could be kind of close. One of them is an interesting matchup, and the other one, uh, that's a blowout. (laughs) Yeah, it'll probably be a blowout, Andy Dalton. I hope he comes out of it in one piece. I hope so. I hope Tyler Eifert comes out of it in one piece. Uh, he never does either. Tyler That's another I've, guy who's just ex- made a glass. Yeah, but he's exciting too. I know he's so talented, but he's made a glass. The he's one, another Will Fuller. The one year he was fully healthy, thirteen touchdowns out of the tight end position. Gosh, that's amazing. But. Can, can we make a made of glass starting lineup? <laughs> we can put Dalvin Cook in the backfield. Teddy is Teddy Bridgewater the starter. Teddy Bridgewater could be the starter. Is yeah. there another quarterback who gets hurt more than him? Well, I'm not I talking would have, worse I would, have, I would have said Andrew Luck, but he, you know he's gone. Yeah, yep, yep, he's he's on the all retired at how about, know, how about, how about, Jimmy, how about Jimmy, Jimmy G? Jimmy G? Well, because he was supposed to play four games, yeah. got hurt after two, then he played five games, and then played three, and then got hurt again. I could buy that. We could have a starting battle between Teddy Bridgewater and Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think that'd be a battle, but in terms of. <laughs> Who gets hurt more? I think Teddy Bridgewater gets the edge. I don't know. We've seen more games out of Teddy Bridgewater in the NFL. How about Derek Carr? Nah, I don't know if he's on that or same Carson part as those two. Carson Wentz, maybe. Carson Wentz could be up there. Okay. Will Fuller certainly the top tight end. Or is there or another tight end? T- tight end, Will Fuller. Excuse me. Did Let's I say see. tight end? Yeah, you said tight end. Okay, Tyler Eifert is the tight end. Yep. Will Fuller would be the top wide out unless there's somebody else I'm not thinking AJ of. AJ Green. Yeah, he could be up there. Yeah. How about offensive line? Who gets hurt quite a bit? Uh, I think Tyron Smith gets hurt a lot. That's why L. Collins is so highly paid now. The made of glass, all NFL starting lineup. This is a good good, topic. It would be a good team. I know. Like if you could get these guys together. Sean Lee at middle linebacker. Sean Lee at middle linebacker. He's another one. Uber talented, but he just can't stay healthy. Trying to think who else would be in there. How many times has Earl Thomas gotten hurt? I think just that one Just that one? Okay, so he probably wouldn't be up there. For some reason, I thought he had a... Longer history. J- Jason Verrett at corner. Okay. Had that one Pro Bowl season, but hasn't been, has seen like four games the last two years. Okay. Um, Can't think of anybody else right not now. Not really. Not really. Adrian Peterson could be like a backup running back. Maybe. 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 I'm, like, who else? Uh, has Antonio Brown suffered a major injury other than his frostbitten feet? No, not I'm not really. sure he has. Probably takes him out of the equation unless well, he does it again. You can run a two tight end set with Jordan Reed. There you go. Jordan Reed yeah, could be yeah, up there. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of the two tight end set. I tell you what. Uh, it's going to be something, man. There's a reason that tight ends are becoming way more prominent in the pass catching game. It's because they're just big receivers. I'm surprised more teams don't do it. I like it. I like the double tight end set. In fact, this year, Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron will be the prominent, the picturesque poster child for the two tight end set. And I think it's going to work out well. If only Andrew Luck was still thrown to him. Hey, you know what, man? <laughs> Jacoby Brissett in a new system. Jack Doyle is a very good possession receiver. Eric Ebron's a great red zone threat, so I think it could work out. Jack Doyle, Andrew Luck's old best friend. I know. It's sad. I miss the friendship between those two. I'm sure they're still friends, but we don't get to see it anymore. We don't get to see it on Sundays anymore. 
We barely got to see it last year because Jack Doyle was hurt anyway. So Tough scene. I know. You just hate to see it. You hate to see Andrew Luck leave in general. I miss Andrew Luck I already, do too. I, I know why he did it. I don't blame him. We haven't seen a single game with Jacoby Brissett, and I already miss Luck. I know. I'm sure Colts fans feel the same way. Jim, our PD, is like the only Colts fan I know. And the day that, well, I guess two days after it happened, because it happened on Saturday, I came into the office Monday. First thing I said to Jim was, did you cry? And he's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he did that. <laughs> Jim, our PD here, only cares about two pro sports teams, the Indianapolis Colts and a soccer team in the Bundesliga, because he went to Germany this summer and he saw a Bundesliga game, and now Wait. that home team is like his favorite team. Bayern Munich? I have no idea. I'm trying to think of Borussia Dortmund, maybe? I have no clue. I'm trying to think. I've played FIFA every now and again. So That's I, a question I, for Jim. Okay. Tanner Hoops, John Michael, hopefully with you. Let's take a timeout. When we come back, a major upset in the FIBA World Cup today. We'll talk about it next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, John Michael, Hoefling with you. Here's our Sports Center update. Jason Tatum will miss at least the next two FIBA World Cup games with an ankle sprain. The U.S. plays Japan tomorrow morning in their final group play game. Grigor Dimitrov upset Roger Federer in five sets last night. He becomes the lowest-seeded man to ever reach the U.S. Open semifinals. And finally, last night, a unicorn started a Major League Baseball game for the first time ever. Hey, you're back a couple weeks later, and we have unicorns again. How about Dude, that? Yeah, that was like one of my favorite things we, t- we talked about. Unicorns seem to follow you. Last night, a unicorn, at least a former unicorn, started a Major League game. How are you a former unicorn? The, 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 the horn got cut off? Randy Dobnak, a former Uber driver who two years ago was pitching for the Utica Unicorns of the United Shore Professional Baseball League, made his first career major league start last night for the Minnesota Twins. Dobnak threw a scoreless inning and received a no decision. 36 players from that league have signed MLB contracts. Dobnak is the first to make it to the majors. How about that? That's nice. A former unicorn. Making his Major League debut last night. The Utica Unicorns, which is a team apparently in southern Detroit. All right. How about that? <laughs> Mine was like, I love baseball team names. Dude. Isn't that great? Dude, yeah, like the Mud Hens, just mm-hmm. the Biscuit. I have a Montgomery Biscuit shirt that I'm not wearing right yep. now. But Minor League Baseball, Summer League Baseball. Isn't there a team that's like the Churros or something? I believe there is. I know there's the Macon Bacon in Macon, Georgia. I love it, man. <laughs> the Savannah Bananas. Coastal Plains League. Oh my I've got a t-shirt of them. Their uniforms are I will, awesome. I will say, uh, the one thing about the Northwoods League, I don't think there were any like incredible team names. You know, There was the Rochester Honkers that was a little unusual. The, the Rockford Rivets. The Rivets. Was, was a little strange. Kokomo was a team this year. Neither you and I were a part of the league no, for that, no, but no. they're the Jackrabbits. I don't think that's that strange either. Like any Their logo is really strange. You need to have... Really, I haven't seen it. Yeah, you'll have to show me that, but... Um, any sort of animal, unless it's like a unicorn, like a mythical animal, I feel like isn't unique enough or isn't like that incredible thing. Like even honkers, I'm just sort of like, eh. Did you like the Bismarck Larks? I like them and like, I like them as a team, but I didn't like the nickname. Oh, you didn't like the Larks? No. Well, just cause Ark, I think. No, it's just, why would you name a team the Larks on purpose? Because of the arc, that's what I'm saying. The A R C K in in Bismarck's case, but like arc arc. I don't like it. I I, I mean, it doesn't make sense, right? Mm, like no. in terms of why they would do it. Like, 
Well, what do the Larks have to do with Bismarck, right? There's the Green Bay Booyah in there this year. That's a good name. Yep. I know the voting for that league had the Cheese Curds as a finalist, which would have been fun. That would have been cool, too. <laughs> Minor League Baseball's just got some awesome names. Do you think that that like, tracks players? Do you think any player would be like, I don't want to play for the Cheese Curds. I don't want to be known as a Cheese Curd or a Unicorn. Or do you think that that would expand it? I think it would attract players. Certain kind of players. The right I would players, hope, I, I would think, ho- would be attracted would, to it. I would hope so. I think it'd be fun. Like, you see minor league baseball teams change their name every so often, like just for one night. Some team was the Tacos a few years ago, mm-hmm. or maybe, Taco maybe, Jerseys. Maybe that's where I'm getting the churros from. Could be. I think churros might have been a thing, too. Just the other night, the Iowa Cubs, when they locked up their division championship, renamed their team as the Iowa Caucuses for one night. That's it. Because like the that. Iowa caucuses are always the first stop in the I presidential election. I love that. It's coming up here in about, what, five months? Uh, th- things are happening so fast. Yes, they are. Know. Iowa caucuses, so they wore red, white, and blue uniforms that night. Their logo was a map of Iowa with a smiley face on it. He's wearing like an Uncle Sam hat and giving you a thumbs up. I love it. It was pretty nice. It was good marketing. Yeah. Minor league baseball teams have way more fun than anybody else. They, I love it how they do that. Yeah. It's minor league baseball. Like Will Ferrell, remember when he dressed up as a pitcher and they sent him out to the mound before he revealed that he was Will Ferrell? Yeah. Yeah, I think that was like the Rangers double-A team. That was about 10 years ago now. So, like, I don't even know. Will, Ful- Will Ferrell, is he even like a baseball fan? Because he's done so much with major league baseball, but, like, I've never heard Will Ferrell. Like, I've never seen... Anything that says Will Ferrell's a baseball fan. I think he's just a fan of everything. That's way to live life. Fan of more let's just see. A fan of life. I think he's a bigger fan of other sports. Like I know he's a Clippers fan. I know he's a big USC sports fan. Okay. I think baseball he likes. I I would doubt it if he has a team. At least I don't know of it if he does. Mm-hmm. Man, you could have so much fun in minor league baseball. You can, I know, it's great. Independent league baseball too? There's the American Association. They've got the Winnipeg Gold Eyes. I think that's a fish. Mm, I don't know about that Their one. Their logo's a fish. The Southern Maryland Blue Crabs. That's better. They they just became famous because they had the first player in, you know, baseball history to steal first base. Oh. Because they're part of that experimental wasn't your, league. Wasn't your friend on the coffee? He was. Yeah, yeah, he's been on cool. the show before. That's cool. Blue Crabs, play-by-play man Andrew Banster, friend of the show. I call that historic moment. There's some fun leagues that have cool nicknames. I know. Nicknames are the best part of sports. Oh, I get one. The Milwaukee Milkmen. Mm. Mm. Love it. That's another American Association team. And the Chicago Dogs. Their logo is a hot dog. Okay. Love it. I was going to say that's pretty basic, but when you, when you mentioned the logo. Good hot dogs in Chicago. Oh, I've never tried them, but yeah. you know, when you're known for something, you tend to be tends to be the thing. Like I would I've tried cheesesteaks. Mm-hmm. But if you go to Philly, that's a Philly thing. Yeah, you got to have one. I personally think New York has the market on hot dogs and Chicago does on pizza. That I feel like that's backwards. Really? Yeah. New York you, you got like New York style pizza. It's like a whole thing. Chicago's what? Deep dish? Mm-hmm. That's like the style? I like deep dish. So is that just a preference thing for you then? Mm-hmm. Okay. I can see that. I would prefer Chicago-style pizza to New York and New York-style hot dogs, although neither's bad. Neither Chicago dogs nor New York pizza are bad. Okay. Well, pizza's just not bad in general. Exactly. I don't think you can make a bad pizza. I mean, Little Caesars, but... (laughs) (laughs) You can't say that, eh? 
Hey man, hey man, reason. Little Caesars is from Michigan. That's a Michigan thing. There's, there's a reason it's five bucks, man. I like Little Caesars. I mean, I like it too. Like, but but I'm not gonna be like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil myself with some good pizza tonight. And I, Little Caesars never crosses my mind if that's the case. Pizza, pizza. I like yes, it. Yes, yes, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> I like Little Caesars. Uh, there is one chain restaurant that I do not like for pizza. I cannot. I'm not going to say it on air, though, just in case they ever decide to be a sponsor. Really? Wow. Not going to say it. Okay. Well, I'm sorry if I just ruined your chance with Little Caesars. <laughs> uh, to be clear, Little Caesars ESPN UP does not condone <laughs> John Michael's comments. We love Little Caesars here in the sports pen. <laughs> Little Caesars is great. Like, tell you what, uh, we got on Randy Dobnak, and then we started on minor league baseball. Mm-hmm. Randy Dobnak is an interesting character, though. I mentioned he used to be an Uber driver before he became a Major League Baseball player. 4.9 rating. He has a 4.9 rating, higher than his ERA. Okay, okay, okay. How I, great I, is I, that? Yeah, that's kind of cool. That's a good stat. Mm-hmm. Stats so that go, matter. He goes from Uber driver to unicorn to pitcher for the division-leading Minnesota Twins. Like the Twins are trying to win a pennant with a former Uber driver and unicorn. I feel like everybody's been an Uber driver at some point, though. Probably, I've never done it. I, I've considered it at least. Really? My my dad, like straight up, he 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 became a Lyft driver, not an Uber driver, but like a Lyft driver at some point. And he like works full time as a real estate agent. So like, yeah, I feel like a lot of people have done it. Like way more people than you think. Have you ever been going around town and someone recognized you from ABC Ten? Yeah. Last night, well, I should say yesterday afternoon, last evening maybe. You know, I don't have that happen as much as you probably do with TV being yeah. on radio. But last night, I took a lift to get to Enterprise because my car's in the shop. It's getting some repairs, so I was going to get one of those rental cars. And my lift driver and I start talking. You know, he's talking about ESPN Radio and stuff like that. He's like, oh, I love those guys in Miami, referring to the Levitard show. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I do over there. And he's like, so where are you from? I'm like, Iowa. He says, yeah, Tanner Hoopsar, you know, like, that's me. And it turns out he was a listener, and uh, he was so nice to me. He treated me like I was a celebrity. So then he introduces me to the guys, like, inside the shop, and they hook me up. Like, they, they are listeners to the show, and they love it. So if my guys, John and Hayden, are listening, thank you guys. You guys rock. I'm surprised you don't get more. In fact, like, one of the first times I got recognized, uh, a guy came up to me and was like, hey, it's uh, the Tanner Hoops of ABC10. And I was like... <laughs> I'm not sure. I was like, I was like, I'm not sure what that means. He's like, oh, I just think you guys look a lot alike. And I was like, really, really? <laughs> I was like, well, he's the handsome one, and well, I'm, I'm the clever I'm, one. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that, Michael. Oh wow. <laughs> All right, self-burn, I guess. But yeah, I'm surprised that that doesn't happen to you more. It does happen every once in a while. It, just last night, it happened to me. I was at the um, Nagani uh, Iron Mountain volleyball game, mm. and the guy came up to me. This is the first autograph. This is the first like uh, autograph and picture I've ever taken. By mm. the way. But yeah, it happened last night. Guy came up to me right after the game, like stopped me in my tracks and tried to get some. So it's always great when that happens. Got an autograph, all right. I know it feels good How about that. I was gonna say being at sporting events doesn't count because that's where we're supposed to be. But if you got an autograph, yeah, that no, counts. That, that counts. <laughs> uh, well, uh, other than like if we're talking not sporting events, like have you been recognized outside of a sporting event? Then mm-hmm. uh, for me, it's just Walmart. Like that's the main place. I've been to. Let's see. I go to Walgreens quite a bit. They know me from there. Mm-hmm. I go to Subway a lot, like probably three times a week. Those workers know me by name and what I'm going to order before you know I come like that, five feet in the door. That's how you know you've made it. 
I think it's just I think I made it more for liking sandwiches more than anything I've accomplished in my media career. I have such a basic sandwich that they get it after like two visits. Let's see, is it like a ham cheese? Probably a little bit of vegetables on it. No, just one vegetable. One vegetable. Um pick your poison. Pickles? No, I'm You're not pickles a pickle guy. guy. No, a huge olives guy. Huge olives guy. Yeah. Okay. Which I know is gonna like turn a lot of people off for me, but olives are my thing, man. They're my jam. Only black olives, though. So ham, cheese, black olives on what? Uh, Italian. Toasted. I'm not, I'm, oh, yeah, of course. And mm-hmm. I also throw bacon on there. Oh, okay. But it's always a mix. It's it's either ham, turkey, or roast beef. So that's like the one question they'll always ask me is like ham, turkey, or roast beef. When I go there, I always get ham and cheese toasted with just mustard. No vegetables. Like None make, for this guy. I feel like you can make that at home. <laughs> I, can, I do make it at home quite a bit. <laughs> uh, but I tell you what, I like going in and seeing my friends at Subway. Yeah. Tell you what, it's about 12 minutes into the segment. We have not talked about the FIBA World Cup like we <laughs> planned to. Uh, a few upsets happened today. One in particular eliminated China, the host country, from contention in the gold medal. I thought China would be one of the teams that wasn't necessarily a favorite, but they could be like quarterfinalists. Like, it's a fairly decent basketball country. Doesn't this happen every single year where one team, except the U.S., the U.S. Mm -hmm. is always in there, but one team that was supposed to be contending with the U.S. or Spain Mm -hmm. gets knocked out? Doesn't that happen every year in FIBA? Seems like it. Right? Venezuela beat China today, 72-59. to The Venezuelans are having a pretty good tournament themselves. Argentina beat Russia, 69-61. to And then Spain passed Iran, 73-65. to Spain, the second-ranked team of the world. Iran played them a little better than I thought they would. Well, you know, Spain, did they take them all 100% seriously? That's true. They knew they were already going on to the next yeah. round. Well, I'll tell you what, what a tournament for South America. Yeah, about that. Poland and Venezuela moving on from Group A. Poland 3-0, and won the group. Venezuela 2-1. and Argentina, another South American team, 3-0. and Russia 2-1, and they're moving on from Group B. Spain, Puerto Rico, each moving on from Group C. Serbia and Iran from Group D. The rest of the groups will finish off tomorrow. The U.S. with Japan, and again, they're going to be without Jason Tatum. And that really could hurt in the round of 16 because the U.S. very likely is going to match up with Greece and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah, that's, that's going to be tough. That's going to be the one. That's going to be the one match because Giannis can single-handedly turn a game. Like we got taken to the wire by Ersan Ilyasova-led Turkey yesterday. Like we should have lost that game. <laughs> we are in trouble, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Like all is not well within USA basketball. But I tell you what, we got to take our next time out when we come back. Who leads the NHL in player jersey sales? The numbers are out, and we're going to give them to you next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. If you missed any part of our show today, you can check it out on demand. Get our free mobile app from the Apple iStore or Google Play and just look up ESPN-UP or go online to our website, ESPNUP.com. Don't forget this evening we've got Major League Baseball, ESPN Radio on ESPN-UP. Tune in as the Minnesota Twins visit the Boston Red Sox. Game two of that series, Minnesota continuing to fight for the division and Boston just fighting for their lives right now. That game tonight here on ESPN-UP. But for right now, we've got a little NHL and a little baseball to talk about. A historically bad loss last night for the New York Mets. They scored five runs in the top of the ninth, and they blew it. 
They blew it. They gave up seven runs in the bottom half of that inning, losing to the Washington Nationals on a walk-off home run by Kurt Suzuki. How about that? Just got to shake your head at that. Last night was the 807th game that the Mets have played in their franchise history when leading by six runs or more after eight innings. It was the first time they lost. It's got to happen sometime. It's got to happen sometime. Conversely, for the Nationals franchise history, going back to when they were in Montreal as the Expos, that was their 756th game when trailing by six in the ninth inning and winning. Got to happen sometime. First time that they won when that all occurs. There's something special about the Nationals right now, man. Mm -hmm. They are the hottest team in baseball right now. Yeah. There is no one else who compares to them right now. In terms of just... Pure heat, yeah, I'd say so, but I still think like they wouldn't, even in a series right now, uh, I, I wouldn't put them ahead of the Dodgers, Yankees, or Astros. Yeah, because they're going to have to win that wild card game against Chicago, maybe somebody, Philadelphia. Somebody they'll beat, because let's face right. it, Max Scherzer is going to take out anybody, or for the most part, I think. There are only really four playoff teams in the National League this year. The three division leaders in Washington. That's how I feel, honestly. The Cubs are probably going to make the playoffs, but they're not a playoff team. So you think that the Cardinals have sort of taken this? Yeah, I think the Cardinals are going to win that division because their pitching staff is peaking at the right time. That had been the weakest part of their team. I tell you what, your Giants saw them last night. Got one hit by Jack Flaherty. Jack Flaherty's underrated, man. Well, the thing is, he might be the hottest pitcher in baseball right now. Mm -hmm. Over his last 11 starts... Flaherty has an ERA of 0.90 and a whip of 0.73. When your ERA is only slightly ahead of your whip. That's That's insane. That's saying something. And he's done this over the course of 11 starts. It's not just a one-hit wonder. He's doing this consistently when it counts the most. Mm -hmm. Jack Flaherty is one of the more underrated pitchers in baseball. Let's give some credit to Derek Rodriguez, though. He, battled, he pitched he battled, a good he game. Well. He pitched a really good game. His offense just didn't pick him up like they would have hoped. Ah, uh, classic Giants. <laughs> what a way to send off Bochi. I know. Well, you know, it's better than I thought, so <laughs> it could have been a lot worse. Uh, let me ask you this, because I'm starting to wonder, who would be a prime replacement for Bochi as far as the managerial position goes? I, I mean... I think Dave Rigetti is probably the top option right now. He's mm-hmm. been the pitching coach for however many years now. You think they go in-house? I think they, I think that that'd be the smartest thing to do is just because Dave Rigetti already has a huge connection with a ton of those players mm-hmm. beyond just the pitching staff, even though he's been the pitching coach. It would just make sense because he, he already con- commands control of that clubhouse. I got a name for you. How about Raul Labanez? Remember him? That is a name. How about that? Remember him back what, in the day? What's he doing now? He's it, coaching. That's something, I guess. Yeah. He was a rival of the Giants (laughs) for at least 2010 and 11. The rival factor, I don't know if that comes into play or not. I remember when Ron Gardenhire was fired in 2014 and the Twins were looking for a manager, and it wasn't until very late in the search that Paul Molitor came up as a candidate. But the play-by-play man for Twins television broadcast, Dick Bramer, said that Ozzie Guillen, the former White Sox manager Mm -hmm. who was being talked about at the time, Ozzy Osbourne would have a better chance at managing the Twins than Ozzy Guillen. Wow. Because everyone hated Ozzy Guillen. I don't even think White Sox fans liked Ozzy Guillen. Like, I like Don Mattingly, but I could not see him 
I could not see him managing the Giants. So I guess I, I understand that in a sense. He's still a Dodgers guy deep down. Yeah, yeah. Mattingly. <laughs> you can tell. You can tell. I think one guy that would be really good who could potentially be uh, on his way out is Buck Showalter. Okay. All right. I, I would love to see him with the Giants. Okay. I think he is a good manager, just got dealt a very poor hand. What about Mike Sosha? That's another, that's, a, that's another guy, too. Yeah. I think he's a little stuck in the old ways of baseball. He's mm-hmm. not willing to adjust. But I got to say, Bruce Bojie was sort of the same way. So, Hey, Ron Gardenhire might be on his way out the door after this season. You know what? I'll stay away from Ron Gardenhire. <laughs> you want to talk about old school? That's, that's Gardy. <laughs> Gardy's heyday was about 15 years ago when oh, the Twins had that the, stretch. The Jeff Fisher of Major League Baseball. That's a good comparison. Honestly, right? Except I like Gardy more than I like Jeff Fisher. Everybody likes everybody more than they like <laughs> Jeff Fisher. <laughs> well, I tell you what, the NHL, more specifically the NHL Pro Shop, has released their list of jersey sales. Which player had the top-selling jersey throughout the last year? I can do you one better. I can give you the top 15. Number 15 on the list, of course we're going to count down, was Mitch Marner. Mr. Holdout, the Zeke Elliott of the NHL right now. Except Very, maybe not as valuable, Zeke. Oh, definitely not. Good-looking guy, though. <laughs> He's a good guy, good hockey player. Yeah. Number 14, Claude Giroux. Really, still? Claude Giroux is still up. People are still... <laughs> that's a poll question. Are people still buying Claude Giroux jerseys? Or I guess. Or if we were are you surprised people are still buying Claude Giroux jerseys? Yes, very much so, dude. <laughs> Number 13, John Tavares. I'm surprised that that's not higher. Uh, exactly. I'm surprised where, that he's that low on that list. Where was he last year? Because I know last year, new team, like that was definitely going to be Right, and whenever you deal. change teams or you change jersey numbers, your sales are going to spike. Yep. So certainly, he's down on the chart this year. Mm-hmm. Number 12, here's another one I'm surprised isn't higher. Brad Marchand. Okay. Surprised? Yeah. No, I'm not too surprised about that. I, I don't mean, know. He's higher than 12 for me. Face of the Boston Bruins, but like, still, there's still, uh, what's his face? Patrice Bergeron fighting for that. Tuka Rask fighting for it. Zidane Chara fighting for it. So, Number 11, Brett Burns. I like that. You like that? I, yeah. I, I'm going to be interested to see if Joe Pavelski's higher just because he's on the new team now. Number 10, Connor McDavid. I'm surprised he's not higher. That is a low low one for Connor McDavid. Yeah. Arguably a top three player in the I'd say he's top three. Would you? I'd, I'd say he's top one. He's my top guy. Really? Right yeah. Over Crosby, over Ovechkin? Yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd say it goes him, Kucherov, then Crosby. He hasn't even been in the playoffs in how long? Dude, is that his fault, though? It's not his fault that his team traded away Taylor Hall for, for, for Nick. For Adam Larson? <laughs> yeah. At some point, though, you do have to have success to be able to say that you're the best player. Yeah, but at what point? I mean, I know I get that Anthony Davis has sort of crossed that point at this point where he needs to start having some playoff success for us to still consider him good. But I still think Connor McDavid has a couple more years before we can put him at that point. If Aaron Rodgers didn't have a Super Bowl ring in 2010, would he have a case to be the greatest of all time? He still doesn't have a case to be the greatest of all time. <laughs> oh, yeah, and, you're a Brady guy. In, in my opinion, I don't, I don't think so. I think he's a top 10 quarterback. I'd put him at the bottom of my top 10 right Old now. Old time? Yeah. Okay. All right. Do you, you, you think that's questionable? I think I'd put him a little higher than top Oh, 10. higher. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't know, man. Well, you got the two 49ers that I definitely have to put up there. <laughs> Joe Montana, Steve Young. but And then you got Peyton, Elway. Wouldn't put Marino up there, but I'd put Drew Brees up there. Why would you put Marino up there? Because he didn't win a Super Bowl. Exactly, yeah. Because <laughs> he didn't have that postseason success. Exactly. Number nine on the list, Jonathan Taze. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. fair. Yeah. Number eight, Vladimir Tarasenko. 
I'm surprised he's not higher after winning a cup. Yeah. I'm surprised he's not higher. Here's one who took a big jump, maybe in the last not even full year. Number seven, Jordan Bennington. Okay. Took a big jump, but I can't say it's a undeserved jump. Well, what? Uh, I'm surprised it's not like Patrick Maroon or something because he was like a big deal. Ryan O'Reilly even. Mm-hmm. Number six, Patrick Kane. I'm surprised he's higher than Taze. Yeah. I feel like Taze is still the face of that franchise. I'm kind of surprised he's not a top five player, to be honest with you. Kane? I would say Kane is more of a face, uh, is more of the face of the Chicago franchise. Oh, okay. I would say so. Uh, so now we're at top five territory. Number five on the list, Patrice Bergeron. Okay, there he is. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> Number four, I've got one of these, Mark andre Fleury. I love it. I contributed to that. Well, I contributed two years ago, <laughs> so it's not part of these sales. So were you, we've never talked about that, but were you upset seeing him go? Oh, yeah. I knew it was coming. I knew Matt Murray was the right choice because, you know, he's younger. Do you still think it was the right choice? Yes, because I think Fleury's better overall. Fleury's had more success lately. But I tell you what, you know, and Murray's not a bad goaltender, but Fleury, in addition to being extremely talented, was also a fan favorite. Yep. And I knew it was coming. It was kind of like what I imagine it would feel like for Andrew Luck and Indianapolis fans. You know, we were sorry to see him go. Not the fans who booed him, but yeah, like, I was say. okay, like the classy Indianapolis fans. <laughs> um, I wished him all the best when he went to Vegas. I, I have his Vegas jersey. I'll always be a fan of the Flower because he give me so many great memories as a Penguins fan. Oh, that's so that's pleasant. That's how I feel about him. We're down to the top three. Number three, Austin Matthews. Okay. To be honest, he might be a top five player in the NHL. I'm he surprised he's top three in jersey sales. He might be. Last year, I thought he could be a top three. This year, I don't know. No, he's he's taken a step back from last year. Mm-hmm. But again, he set the bar so high for himself. Well, plus, last year, there was so much hype around him considering like it, it was like the new contract and everything. Mm-hmm. So he had to have like come into that season with a lot of expectations. But since he didn't reach those, he's dropped this year. Number two on the jersey sale list, Alex Ovechkin. Okay. Yeah. He's always up there. He's always up there. All right. Number one. Hold up. I don't. It's not Crosby. It it's, is Crosby. It's Crosby. It is Sidney Crosby. Still People are still Cros- buying Crosby jerseys. Okay, I'm still more surprised about Claude Giroux, but <laughs> I am stunned that Crosby is still number one. You could give me a Claude Giroux jersey, and I probably wouldn't take it. <laughs> You'd be like, this? Why? For one thing, he's a Philadelphia Flyer. Yeah, that's a that's a big no no for you, right? Yeah, but I've contributed to Crosby in his jersey sales. Maybe no. not this past year. Maybe the last like three years or something really? like that. How many Crosby jerseys? You have three car- Crosby. Three. three? Mm-hmm. What? So what? Home away and alternate? No, I've got the old away, okay. the new away, and the new home. Okay. But I only bought two of them. One was a gift. Okay. <laughs> Tanner Hoops and John Michael Hoefling with you with that. We are running out of time on this episode of the Sports Pen. Appreciate you, my man. A busy week coming up for you, I'm sure, as well. Oh, it's going to be. What do you have to plug on ABC 10 coming up? Well, you know, we're going to introduce Thursday Throwdown back into the mix because high school football season is coming back. But you got to let us know. Like, we want to hear your guys' perspective of who you think the top athlete was in the region. But we're also doing our first feature for games uh, for games coming up this week. Uh, we have four games on the schedule. We're looking to hear from you guys on which game you'd like to see. Norway Munising, Marquette Traverse City Central, uh, Nagani Calumet. I can't remember what the last game is, but... Is it Westwood Iron Mountain? Yes. That's it? Yep, that's it. 
So just let us know because we love to hear it. We love to get some feedback from you guys. And also, of course, uh, there's been a little bit of an epidemic going on at disc golf courses with uh, baskets being stolen. So we're going to talk about that. Is that right? Is that a thing? People are stealing baskets. Did you do it? No, I don't like disc golf that much. (laughs) I've gone a couple times, but not enough to steal a basket. I tell you what, what game are you going to be at this weekend? I'm going to be at both Nagani and Marquette. And then, will I see you at Northern Michigan's opener on Saturday? Oh, you know it, man. All right, that'll be a fun one coming up with McKendry. Don't forget, we have Twins Red Sox tonight here on ESPN-UP coming up here in just a few hours. For John Michael Hoefling, I'm Tanner Hoops. Thanks for listening to ESPN-UP.